going on, guys? Welcome back to another one of our boardroom podcasts, where we're here to help you stay calm, change lives, and have business on your terms. Uh, I'm excited to introduce you to my guest. His name is Logan. He runs a company called Media Scaling, and they essentially do just that. I love names that are very like straightforward. They're like, oh yeah, what do you do? Uh-huh. <laughs> we scale media. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to have him on the podcast because I showed him a client's Instagram profile and he dropped a ton of nuggets on what he would do differently. Like this is, I can see this is, they're creating content like this. They could definitely improve their workflow. This is how they could, I would do it. And he was like, we can essentially set it up to where they create a month's worth of content, like an hour or two. And I was like, okay, let's put a pause on it. Let's get you on a podcast so more people can hear because there's a lot of people who hear content marketing and they get completely overwhelmed by just the idea of having to spend hours looking at a camera, figuring out how to edit the content, yeah. figuring out what to create and all those things. So I want you to talk a little about your background, like how do you even get started in the space and then dive into your processes and uh, your expertise. Totally. And to start off, thank you for having me on as well. You're doing some awesome things and just excited to be here and be having the discussion. So a little bit about, I'll start with media scaling and what the company does, what it means, and then go into my background and a little bit of the story of it getting started. But essentially we spotted the problem that a lot of majority of podcasts, personal brands, and content creators are generating a small fraction of the reach that they could be from the content they're already creating. And so what I mean by that is they're not really utilizing it and squeezing all the juice out of the lemon that they could be getting as much clips, repurposing those clips with different editing styles, and then posting it to the level and the volume that they could. So what we do, our really core offer elevator pitch is we guarantee top personal brands, podcasts, and creators up to 150 million real organic views in the first 90 days working with us. And the way that we do this is we'll go in, take their content. Usually they're creating a lot of long form content content, repurpose it into a very high volume of top quality short form edits. And then we'll post it out across a network of what we call secondary accounts. So everyone knows Tony Robbins. I'll use him as an example. It'd be like Tony Robbins clips, Tony Robbins reels, best of Tony Robbins, so on and so forth. And when you have that network of accounts, we put it across the top five short form platforms is what we found the most success on. So it's on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook. Yeah. yeah, Meta, Facebook and Instagram. So um, we posted across those top five platforms and what this network of accounts allows us to do is post 2,000 to 5,000 times per month, starting with each client's branded content. And when you do that level of volume mixed with top quality, you have a lot of posts that go viral. So we'll take all that new exposure and new reach, and then we funnel and push it back to their main socials. They see hockey stick growth curve, exponential growth, and it just creates some pretty incredible results. We've worked with people like Iman Godzi, Jason Capital, Manny Koshpin, Greg O'Gallagher, Brandon Carter, Dropouts Podcast, list goes on. We have some pretty awesome case studies ranging anywhere between generating on the lower end, I'd say 40, 50 million views in 90 days to on the higher end. Our best case study is we generated almost right under, it's like 360 million views in the first three months with Iman Godzi. Absolutely insane. So you've essentially systemized the the process of going viral in a sense, right? And just getting as many eyes on your content as possible. Now, how do you guys essentially ensure that, you know, your clients are able to make the most of 
that exposure? Do you do any, do you have any processes that you kind of have foundationally where you're making sure certain things are optimized in their main profiles? They have certain funnels and links or, and, or assets that are tailored for capturing like all the new exposures that you're going to give them. Yeah. So when it comes to the conversion side and really capitalizing on all this new reach and views, followers, subscribers with our top core offer, one of the client criteria we look for is that they're already making a certain sum of money and monetizing their audience in a good way. That way, when we, it's just throwing fuel on the fire, right? So yeah. when we create all this new reach for them, they're already just going to continue doing what they do best and monetize that. So when it comes to our done for you service, we focus specifically on the content management side, scaling the social getting as much new reach and exposure as possible. And then we consult with our clients on uh, different strategies they can use to increase their conversions further. Some things that we see that are highly successful are with Instagram, chatbots are huge. And you can use chatbots in a variety of ways like Charlie AI, most of your listeners probably are familiar with. You can incorporate Charlie AI with your DMs on your socials and then use a software like Minichat to where you can set up different keywords that start a sequence from Minichat. And so in your content, you can have value and then follow it up and say, hey, if you want this additional thing, this additional resource from me, comment the word resource below. And then Minichat starts an automated sequence that DMs them. They go through the sequence. And then Charlie can take over and have a further conversation with them to initially get them on the books with your team and, and take that conversation further. You can also do a lot of these strategies through uh, story CTAs. So there have been pretty extensive tests and studies done. And uh, it's shown that if you have story call to actions on like Instagram, for example, if you have just a link in your story, it's like a link sticker, like, hey, do this thing, go to this link versus if your call to action is telling someone to DM a keyword, the difference in click-through rate is 20% to 77% of a jump. If you have um, the 77% being DM me this keyword, right? And then you can have mini chat set up and then Charlie set up to handle and automate all that conversation for you. The biggest bottleneck of doing this up until this point before Charlie AI was here is that you needed a bunch of chat reps in your DMs to be able to handle all these conversations. So that was the biggest thing. You needed to create a team, hire VAs, scripts, the whole thing to uh, have that set up. Now that's not the case. It's just by far the most effective way to capitalize on this. And then using and running our strategy in conjunction with ads makes everything perform so much better because it's just getting you so many more, so much more in growing custom audiences, warm leads, people who have seen your content before. So what we do with our clients as well is we'll set up and pixel all the audiences, all the engagement, et cetera, across all the accounts that we're running. And then when we're doing you know, 100 plus million views in the first three months, and by the way, our system is something to where it really is a machine. The longer you run it, the more it grows. The growth is exponential, meaning it's not linear. Like it goes, doesn't go up in a straight line. Like it has a huge curve. The longer you run it, the more views it gets. And our goal with every client on the top level is to get them to a level to where we're doing 100 million plus views per month. And you know, you have massive custom audiences that build when you're doing that process. So then you can pixel them, retarget them with ads, and you can get creative doing these different conversion strategies across all platforms, yeah, that's right? Pretty, but, that's pretty crazy as far as like, just even like that little nugget on setting up like the keyword, uh, the story call to action with the DMs is pretty wild. One second. So with like the media side that you're that you're running, let's say uh, somebody's like pretty much starting out, what would be the best way for them to kind of like start thinking about content creation or 
how like what's your thought process when you think about creating content and being really intentional with what you're creating and how important is it to be intentional with the content that you're putting out or is it not that big of a deal? Yeah, great question. Um, it's very important to be intentional with it. And I've talked about our core, like top level offer to this point, but we also have a full suite of offers uh, ranging from coaching programs up to our done for you services to where we can help anyone skyrocket their growth, whether who is actively creating content or committed to getting started. So we are working with people who are at this stage and just getting started with their content. It's really important to have good production quality. So a lot of people make mistakes of just, you know, using their phone selfie video, or they're just repurposing like Zoom calls and Zoom degrades the quality. And then they're using their computer audio. They don't have a professional mic. The camera is off. So such common camera mistakes I see is with cameras, there's something called pan and tilt. So the pan Mm -hmm. is when it's going like down and up and then the tilt is left to right. And a lot of people... The, the most common mistake I see is having the pan to where the, the camera is eagle either like too high up and it's angled down on you or it's below to where it's angled up. And it just creates a weird angle. We don't see content perform well. General rule of thumb is you want to have a camera and the lens eye level with you. And then a lot of people also, they'll film their content with like a horizontal dimension showing, right? For like YouTube mm-hmm. content is horizontal versus Instagram reels are vertical. So they're filming the content initially with that horizontal format and their position in the camera to where it looks good horizontally. But then when you clock, crop it for vertical, they're too close to the camera to where the whole video is just the face. It's like all the face right here. We don't see like, we never see uh, content go viral when like the whole video is just your face. So you have to like move back. Like I'm with this podcast, we're going to be clipping it up and I'm purposely standing further back from my computer and my camera to give enough space for our team to go in and clip this vertical to where it's not just yeah. all my face and it shows more of my body. So it's like, if you have a good quality camera, you can move it back and then your team can zoom in without degrading the quality for the vertical edits. So those are some little things. A lot of people, their studio setup or where they're filming the content just does not look good. People have like a door in the background or like a window's open behind them and then their face is all dark. Lighting is super important. So there's a lot of these different key elements that you need to get right in order to have chances of going viral. It's just extremely rare. Like we, at this point, have generated more than 2 billion organic views. We posted over 160,000 times and we track literally everything, every data point to where we've learned a lot of what works and what doesn't. And yeah. it's very rare to see like low quality production content, bad lighting, bad camera, bad audio to go viral and just you know perform well. We just don't see it. So these things are important to get set up. Good news is you don't need like this very expensive studio setup on the lowest end. Uh, we have like resources that we share with people on how to set up your filming studio and get it proper to where you're putting yourself in a good chance of going viral. And we haven't spoke on this, but the content style that we specialize in specifically is like uh, podcasts, interviews. We have, we call it talking head content to where it's like you're yeah. talking into the camera and it's educational, inspirational, motivational, whatever. We can work with vlogs. So almost all content styles, the only thing that we don't focus on and work with is really like the TikTok style, like filming on your phone type of content to where a lot of people like selfie videos that just, it just doesn't work unless you're using like TikTok or CapCut edits to where you're doing like the green screen or you're using the in-app editor and that can work. It does work really well. The issue with it is it is so much less efficient. So we teach uh, people how to systemize their content creation to where, like you said, at the beginning of this 
interview, you can sit down and have your studio set up, press record, and then have everything already prepped from you or your team to where then you spend two, three hours and you can record enough content that will multiply out to let's say 300 posts to 500 posts per month within a two to three hour window versus if you're using your phone. I was going to say like, I want to kind of unpack on that because I think that's really Mm -hmm. unique. The fact that you can structure in a way where you can knock out that much content in a short period of time, Mm -hmm. right? So what would be your workflow in essentially even thinking through or how much preparation goes into that filming session, right? Mm -hmm. How much work needs to be done prior before you have like a really good filming session to be able to do that? Because I know a lot of people hear that and they're like, how the hell do you even go about doing that? Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. So great question. It starts with like going back to filming stuff on your phone. A lot of people will do it. It's pretty ad hoc. They're just like have a gap in their day. Like, oh shoot, I need to film a video today. So they'll get something done real quick. And then they'll use like the Instagram or TikTok editor or cap cuts, like edit something real quick. Next thing you know, it took you 30 to 60 minutes to record one video. When if you had things systemized, like I'm talking about, that time you could have recorded 10 to 20 videos that's going to multiply out to uh, you know 100 plus posts. So how do you do it? Well, um, we have this is another resource that like uh, we can include links for everyone to get this stuff after, by the way. But we have our post schedulers, which is how we we're currently posting more than 12,000 times per month across all of our client accounts. And so this we use insane. these schedulers. <laughs> that scale is nuts. Yeah. You have to have good systems to do it. And so like the scheduler is really a crucial piece to be able to do this to where we can still keep top quality with everything. We have like a triple layer review process for every piece of content before it's published out. So as far as going back to your question and the structure behind this, it really depends on what scale you're at, right? With our top level clients, we dedicate a team of like 10 to 15 people to be posting up to 5,000 times per month across a network of let's say 40 to 50 accounts. But if you're just getting started and it's just you, or maybe you have like a videographer or one other person on the team, whatever, then uh, you're going to have to like wear more hats per person, be a little bit yeah. more scrappy with the process. So I kind of break it down on both ends of the spectrum. Starting with like the top level with me, since we have the agency and everything set up, we have on our team, someone who's called a clips coordinator. And so they'll go through the long form content, like what we're doing right now, and they'll timestamp all of it and then add a headline for each timestamp and then clip it up for our video editors to where it saves them a lot of time. They don't have to go scrub through all the long form content. They just go to each timestamp, take the clip, repurpose it. And that allows them to do higher volume per day by saving that time. So from start to finish, when it looks like us working with, on the done for you side with our clients and then myself, we'll have a clips coordinator. We'll go through timestamp all the content. And then a content style that performs incredibly well is reaction content is a huge, huge one. So Ben Shapiro, Brett Cooper with the Daily Wire group, they do this. Bradley does this. A lot of people have seen to where you're like reacting to another video. And so our clips coordinator will also put together a database of like videos that we can react to. And then they'll clip up from our long form that editors can just pull from. And then our editors will go through, they'll work their magic, add it to the scheduler. Then we have someone on our team called a virality engineer where all full-time, all they do is just, we call it QA, quality assure our content. So they'll watch through everything, make any revisions, spelling errors and stuff like that are the basics, but more so looking at all these different things that we teach and that we follow to create the most effective short form content on the editing side, using great hooks and B-roll, cutting out fillers, following what we saw, what we call the two-second rule 
schedule to where something engaging needs to be happening in the video every two seconds that keeps it more visually engaging and more hypnotic. Like we want every video we create to literally hypnotize people, like be hypnotic to where they feel like they have to watch the whole thing. After they watch it once, they want to watch it again and again. That's what creates like true viral videos, right? So there's a lot of different foundational principles we follow in our editing that our uh, virality engineer will make sure our editors are doing. If it needs any revisions, she'll leave the revisions or he'll leave the revisions. We use frame.io. It's super awesome tool that just makes it way more efficient to uh, for editors to upload and then our team to revise and like it just allows you to do a lot. You can like draw on the videos. Anytime you make an edit, it timestamps like exactly where that edit is, or you can draw a timeline of what the edit is referring to. So it makes it a lot more efficient. And then once the video is approved, we'll have our copywriter go through. He'll write the caption. And then we have someone else on our team create a thumbnail design. We use thumbnails for most of our posts on Instagram. We found that it gets more reach when you're using mm-hmm. uh specific design thumbnails, like what you see on YouTube versus not using thumbnails because it gives you another opportunity of a headline and just to make it more clickable and all the Explorer placements that it sends it out to. And then we'll have our account manager go in and post it. And so that's like all the layers to where on my side, all I do is sit down and just open up like when I'm ready to film, if I'm doing reaction videos, which I want to touch on that more, um, then I'll just you know react to some videos add the raw footage to the scheduler, and then my job's done. And then the rest of the team takes it from there. And like I mentioned before, you can crank out like 20 to 50 of these within a two, three hour window, depending on how systemized you've gotten and how many times you've done it, but it improves over time. And then the team just takes it from there. Versus if we're going to go on the other side of the spectrum, you're just getting started. It's just you by yourself, or maybe you have like one additional editor, which by the way, we give people our recruitment systems to go out and source an editor that's super cost-effective. You don't have to pay a lot to have a top quality editor really make your edits really good. Uh, We see a lot of people just way overpay for this. So in our mm-hmm. short form mastery program, we give people our recruitment systems that we use internally and then our payment structure to go out, hire an editor. And the cost to have an editor who's really good for top quality edits um, to make one to three short form edits for you per day is going to fall somewhere between 200 to 1000 a month. So on the lower edit wow. side, it can be like 200 to 300 a month. On the higher edit side, it's going to be like 700 to 1000 a month. That's all it takes. So that's you, not bad. That's... that's- not it's, that out. Yeah, it's super cheap. So um, nobody should be like editing themselves unless they're passionate about it. They really want to do it. It's pretty easy to outsource. And then the other pillar of our short form mastery program is it actually includes all of our internal editor trainings that we have all of our team go through that shows just everything we've learned generating more than 2 billion views to where you can go out and you can recruit and hire this editor and then have them go through the program. So they're going to drastically improve. Next thing you know, you have a badass editor who's making a lot of volume for you consistently and doing it at the most cost-effective way that almost everyone can afford. You know, So, so um, it's almost like with your mastering program, right? Let's say somebody isn't at a point where it makes sense to have your team kind of do it. You're kind of teaching them how to build a mini, a smaller shell version of like your team where they can still get the production value. They can still have the content going out. They can learn the systems and the processes to kind of like run it in-house on a smaller scale where it's very easy for them to manage it themselves or have some of their team manage it. But now they still get the power of like really the scientific approach that you guys take to creating the content distributing it and it really sounds like everything top to bottom like you're very intentional with your the process that you built out 
for pumping these things out, man. It's, it's, it's very impressive. I love like really good systems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're crucial, man. It's like you, know? you, you can't scale with consistency if you don't have really good systems in place. They have to be there. We 100%. have grown to a team of 60 people in about a nine month timeline. And like, we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have good systems. Everything would have broken a long time ago, you know? So yeah, I can imagine, I mean, just at the scale that you're, the amount of volume that you got to bump out, it's, it becomes impossible if everyone is trying to do it in here, right? And it's one of the things that I talk to people a lot about is you need to have good systems that are allowing you to scale and you can't have your business depending on people remembering what they're supposed to be doing, right? If you kind of have the processes mapped out, very good documentations on what needs to be done. Now you have a, a tool that gives you leverage, right? Leverage to bring more people on and now your team can manage the system and not necessarily your business isn't so dependent on the people doing the thing, right? You can, the people can be interchangeable because the systems and the processes are already there, right? hundred percent. Yeah. It's uh, so going back to your, your very start intentionality, you have to be intentional with this stuff. If you want top level results or else people who are intentional are going to you know skyrocket past you. And I want to break down like a few strategies when it comes to actually creating and filming the content that's going mm-hmm. to perform well and has good chances of going viral. So there is a balance. A lot of people, especially in the business space, uh, business owners, personal brands who start creating content for the goal of just scaling their business and generating more leads. If you make all of your content everywhere, every single piece is called action driven and it's like super, super niche down and specific, there's pros and cons to both approaches, right? Like riches are in the niches, but you're not going to get a huge amount of reach and go viral if everything that you're talking about is, you know, OTO strategies to increase your conversion rate by 5%. Like there's just a small segment of people who that applies to and who even knows what you're talking about where it doesn't sound alien to them. So if your goal is to, and what we found for best results is you still should be creating a mix of content that is mass market relatable on top of like your niche expertise content. Because if it's all niche expertise content, it doesn't build as strong of relationships with people versus if you're also talking about the relatable stuff. If you're talking about your relationships, like things like you like to do outside of work, things that make you a person, you know, like a lot of people, everyone in in our space knows Hermosi. So Hermosi talks about like philosophy, which he's into. He talks about working out, which he's into. He talks about uh, like eating Chipotle, which everyone knows his relationship and marriage and story with Layla. All of this stuff applies to a way bigger, broad audience of people outside of business owners, right? And then yeah. he will uh, cadence that in on top of creating content for business specifically. And so business owners is the niche for him, but he also talks about broad, relatable stuff like his marriage stories, philosophy that goes way wider than that. And a lot of the time, if you look at his content, a lot of his content that has further reach and bigger views are the points that's more relatable, right? And it's not yeah. just fully focused on business. So it's good to incorporate both. Otherwise, you're just not going to grow. You're going to struggle to grow organically and get more reach and like cultivate more relationships with your following. And so going back to the content creation and filming side, there's something called a hook when you're creating videos and mm-hmm. the length of the hook differs depending on the length of the video, right? So a video that's longer, 
let's say 30 minutes or an hour, the hook is really going to be the first like minute, minute and a half versus a short form video, 60 seconds or less. The hook is like the first three seconds. And it is the arguably the most important part of creating highly effective content. You can have yeah. the best edit ever and you can have the best substance of your content ever in a video. But if you don't have a good hook, no one's going to watch it because everyone's going to swipe away in the first three seconds because it doesn't hook them in, right? So yeah. your hook is crucial. It's got to loop them in. I'm talking about a lot of resources. We also have a resource of hundreds of viral hook frameworks that makes it super easy plug and play for people to use in their content, but you have to have a good hook. And so a lot of the time, the more specific it can be as well, the better. So um, hooks that we see perform a lot, depending on your demographic. An example could be three things that you need to do if you're in your 20s to make more money, right? And so anyone who's in their 20s who wants to make more money is now going to be hooked on that video. And then yeah. using a sequence list of like three things it makes the retention time better because people want to know each point. They want to know point one, point two, point three. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll even use like comment strategy. We'll have other people on our team go in and they'll be like, number three is crazy. Like number three is my favorite point type of thing to where people see the comments and then they'll want to watch to the end of the video. Yeah, to see like, I wonder what number three is. is. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. So yeah. Man, I mean, it sounds like you guys have a lot of things kind of kind of going on. So as far as like the amount of resources that you're going to be able to, honestly, just the amount of resources that you can provide. Uh, and I'll make sure for those of you guys listening, like we'll definitely get like as much as Logan's willing to, to, to share as far as like the different resources that you mentioned. Uh, we'll definitely get those in the show notes and make sure you get access to uh, whichever ones he's uh, willing to make available. But for you, kind of like, what even started all this? You know, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of gone into the rabbit hole of content creation, you know, the science and really the art of it. And like, what sparked it? Like, when you even discovered that you had a knack for <laughs> creating content, kind of going viral with it? Yeah. So I have a business partner, his name is Spencer Murphy, and we actually grew up together. Spencer and I have known each other, been best friends since like nine, 10 years old. And we both, when we were in high school, went down the rabbit hole of digital marketing, following a lot of graders, business owners, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, like Alex Becker back in the day, and just learning more about that process. And then we ended up both working with big personal brands. So my experience prior to starting media scaling, I built and, and really led a lot of the coaching and e-learning company for Manny Koshman. He is he's, he's really known as like the car guy. He's got an incredible world-class collection full of Bugattis and McLarens, Buganis, etc. Is and he the exotic like, car guy? Not exotic. So you're probably thinking of like exotic car hacks. Yeah. Yeah. He's not that. Um, so Manny is like, you, you've probably seen his content. I think he has at this point, a collective audience of more than 7 million people. Um, but he's just got like one of the most insane collections out there. His cars are, are works of art. And that's what he's really passionate about. But how he made his money is through commercial real estate. And Oh, uh, I know what you were talking about. Yeah. Cool. He's like yeah, a yeah. shorter, what's his? Persian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen, I've seen a couple of his videos. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So Manny is the reason I moved to California in the first place and worked with him directly, moved to Orange County and helped him build that company for two years and just learned a lot about what it feels like. And um, to be on that side of having a big personal brand, creating a lot of content and learning a ton through that process. And then also on the monetization side, we, we grew it to a level. We had a full sales team. We had multiple legion systems from organic and paid 
did in outreach, et cetera. So just learned a lot, met a ton of people in the space as well. And then same thing with Spencer. Uh, he was head of marketing for Jason Capital. If you're familiar with him, Jason yeah. also has also a similar audience size of around 7 million people. And Spencer started working with him when he still had like 20,000 followers on Instagram. Over the course of four years, they grew it to 6.6 million followers, I think is what they're at by the time Spencer moved on to the next opportunity. And then Spencer worked with Iman Godzi after working with Jason Capital. And that's where this model was truly proven out to where they came together. Iman said that he was looking to essentially build and create the Andrew Tate model in-house, right? And the way that Andrew Tate, regardless of your opinion of him, went from widely on known to the most Google person on the planet in five months was from having a huge amount of accounts, just constantly posting his content. And he did it through having his like this huge discord community called the real world, I believe, and set up an affiliate structure to where people were creating his content. One, he's extremely polarizing and knows how to get views. So a lot of people (laughs) would start posting his stuff and they would get millions of views within the first week. And then it was easy for them to grow their pages. And they started making money through affiliate commissions, but also too, he got banned from all the platforms. And so a lot of people had no choice but to join the real world through these secondary affiliate accounts. So it was actually a model that had sustainability because people were actually making money from it. it what like we've learned, <laughs> they kept cutting up the head and like 13 more replaced it. Like that's kind of like the system that he's built where just so many different people contributing to the content he i mean he has the ultimate leverage when it comes to content creation he creates like one video and then like hundreds of accounts are repurposing and posting different clips different variations of it and you can't you can't miss it you cannot miss a guy like yeah he's everything there's you have no choice but to see his stuff um and that's the strategy right like the more of these accounts that you have posting your content the more reach you're going to get the more views you're going to get the difference though is like with andrew tate we we've talked to a lot of people who have tried to take the affiliate strategy approach he's the only one that i found who's been able to make it work successfully a lot of people you know he's also it's not just the affiliate network, like Andrew Tate, he says things that goes viral. And so it's like, and then he just had this notoriety build behind him to where it's now everything that you post about uh, Andrew Tate is going viral. So people are getting like immediate success with it. And most people just are not like that with their content to where we've talked to a lot, like dozens and dozens of people who have millions of followers and they tried to create a Discord community and do this affiliate model instead of uh, running our system internally. And it just doesn't work. A lot, of, It's yeah. like a lot of kids, people who are overseas, they'll create these accounts and they'll run it for a week, two weeks. They make no money and they stop. And so we have yet to find someone outside of Andrew Tate who's made this work through the affiliate strategy. But where it does work consistently and predictably is if you follow like the systems that we've developed internally. So going back to Spencer, him and Iman came together. And Spencer, like Iman hired Spencer internally at this time to basically build a new division in the company to run this. And that's how like the next four months, they generated 449 million views. It skyrocketed within the first year of running the system. Hit Iman's primary YouTube channel went from 340,000 subscribers to 3.5 million subscribers, like growing 180,000 to 360,000 subscribers per month, just insane levels, like doing 100 million plus views per month, like multiple months in a row to where it just really skyrocketed him. And then Spencer and I were together. I got the itch to go back out and just start a company again. Spencer had the same itch. And uh, we came together and was like, you know what? This is 
like just insane numbers. Like when he first told me they generated 449 million views in the first four months, I was like, what? It's like, say that again. Yeah, like that, that's, sense. that's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, we're like, there's something here. Let's take this to market. And we wanted to start with top of market approach to where we only targeted people who have a million plus audience and 3 million plus in annual revenue. We'll build this system for them and just skyrocket their growth. Um, yeah. And that's what we did earlier this year in February. Growth has been insane. It's been a super fun journey. And we just learned so much through that process to where we also saw and had so many people coming to us who wanted to work with us, but we just didn't have anything available to work with them and help them, which is why we've rolled out this whole new suite of offers to where now we can help anyone at any size who's actively creating content or committed to getting started. So that's kind of been the the genesis of the company. Man, that's awesome. I think you guys have such a unique specialty that I haven't really seen anyone else doing. Like, who are your biggest? I don't know who really compare you to in the market space when when it comes to like content creation and really weaponizing content creation in a way that (laughs) (laughs) that contributes to meaningful growth within the business we're like right near the end i would love to kind of keep jamming on this forever i think i'll probably have to invite you back on yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you would have to bring you back on and give you a little bit more time just kind of drop as much nuggets as you as you can but what's gonna be the best way for somebody to connect with you right so what are gonna be like the best resources maybe we can talk about this later as far as like organizing where like if you're at this size this probably make the most sense if you're at this size this resource makes the most sense if you're just a beginner go check this out would that be something we'd be able to do yeah totally so our best uh, resource we put together a really, really good uh, free mini course called 2 Billion View Secrets. And it shows you a lot of our strategies, a lot of our systems. We have multiple free resources in there as well. The hundreds of viral hook templates that I mentioned is in there with a bunch of example videos. Uh, We also have our scheduler in there to help you like systemize all the content creation. Uh, And then we have what we call our viral content database. So this is one thing that I didn't speak on. I know we're coming to the end mark, but if you just reverse engineer the most viral content out there and then use the same exact hook, the same exact intro, and then make it your own, you're putting yourself in really good chances to where you're going to tap into that proven virality as well versus just like pulling things out of thin air and being like, yeah, uh, maybe maybe I can talk about this and maybe this will work. So we have that as a resource. Uh, you can get there, like get access to 2 Billion View Secrets by going to go.mediascaling.com forward slash secrets. And then I'm also finally launching my personal brand on Friday this week. Um, so I'm going to be putting out more content like this, just sharing more nuggets and, and you know, well, I'll, the journey. I'll definitely, I'll definitely include it in the, in the notes. So I'll include the link to mini course because then that will just simplify everything. So I have a link to the mini course for you guys that, that are watching for you to get access to it. And then I'll also include a link to your socials uh, whenever you have those things ready to go. But man, it was awesome. a pleasure, pleasure having you. Sucks you got to kind of cut it. But for those guys listening, definitely go check him out. I think you guys are doing incredible work. And it's just been just, I learned a lot just from being here. So selfishly, this is like <laughs> great information yeah. for me. And I know it's going to it's gonna be a ton of value to those of you guys who are listening. So go to uh, go.mediascaling.com forward slash secrets. We'll have the links there for you to be able to download and get access to that mini course, but definitely, definitely check it out. And then Logan, thank you so much for your time. Till next time, guys, stay calm, change lives, and have business on your terms. 